and welcome to the official CFDs podcast. I'm John McMurtry, head of video production at Rare, and I'm not alone because that would be a really boring podcast. I am joined by some of the legendary captains of the Sea of Thieves. I will let them introduce themselves, starting with... Joni, executive producer. I'm Mike Chapman, creative director. And Drew Stevens, production director. Nice, very well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great start. Off to a great start. It's been... Not too long. We had a podcast back at Gamescom. Mm, under the bridge. Under the bridge. Mm. Um, it was great. We were avoiding the blazing heat. We were. It was very hot. But what has happened since then? You know, what's been happening in your What's been happening in your life, Mike? Oh, so much, John. <laughs> so much. Um, recently, we've completed the hat trick of the shows. We had SOT Fest, which we've, yep. we've obviously talked about at length. What a wonderful show that was. We went to Gamescom, where we recorded the podcast, and we recently went to. EGX, so spoken to a lot of familiar faces, some kind of wonderful friends out there in our community. Got a feel like I've got a, some new insights on what our fans are asking for, and like on top of that, just incredibly busy planning season eight and some of the exciting stuff we've got coming next year. So it's all been a bit of a whirlwind, if I'm honest, but a good whirlwind, a nice whirlwind. Are you doing all right in your personal life as well? Um, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great. Yeah, good. It's always I always have to think, what have I actually done that doesn't involve pirates? And I don't think much, if I'm honest with you. Nothing's happened. No. What? Well, well, nothing's happened. What's happened with you then, Drew? Uh, well, I've had some interesting weekends recently. I dressed up as a Ravager and um, did a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, secret cinema experience in London mm. and then travelled to uh, Isla Nublar as part of a Jurassic World experience one of the weekends. And then other than that, I've just been sitting at home watching all the cool stories from Gamescom and EGX and not getting covid oh. Yeah, low, so just se sensibly like pretending the real world isn't happening. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> Every weekend, just go and escape what's yeah, exactly. actually happening in, in Britain. So that's that's two, two secret cinemas. Uh, one secret cinema, one like live experience, both in London. So it's been a bit of a London busy set of weeks. But I think you win. Do you not follow you Joe on Instagram? No, I didn't. I, I, knew I haven't the, accepted his request. Um, <laughs> I knew that. I knew you went to, to do the Ravager one. I didn't know about Jurassic mm. World. Yeah, didn't know it was amazing. It. Was it? Yeah. Mm. Sounds nice. great. What about you, Joe? Uh, I got some new windows for my house. <laughs> oh, very yeah. exciting. I've been planning it for ages. They're a nice anthracite grey. Ooh, Ooh, very yeah. nice. 21st century. Mm, yeah, yeah. but an older style house, and it actually works quite well. And they're a bit, bit better sound protected, so like the road and stuff, it doesn't make as much mm. noise. It's a bit warmer as well, you know, which is all very good coming to winter. Very, very <laughs> exciting stuff. Yeah. I was Very going to nice. ask if they were all see-through, but then it's just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the windows are anthracite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's the frames. Yeah. They're grey. Yeah, I've just painted over all my windows, just sat in the dark. Like, uh, awesome. That sounds oh, quite the calming. Well, but... No, no, it's great. Yeah. I wish I'd known now if we could, we could share kind of DIY things we'd done and chores we'd done. I've got loads of stuff right, to talk about. All right, well, come about. on. Let's come on. Well, well yeah, no, we had, um, had the bathroom repainted. Um, did some what, gardening. Anthracite grey. Uh, <laughs> it's not actually grey, but air landing is grey. Uh, you know, it is anthracite yeah. as well. It's very yeah. It's kind of topical at the moment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Had some laurels put in in the garden. Uh, very nice. Can look at them lungingly as they grow each day. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a whirlwind. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, how about you, John? Oh, um, <laughs> no, I haven't really been doing anything. Like I can't even think. Like, sure. Well. I've been thinking about what I want to do to my house in terms of upgrades, but I haven't mm. actually done any of them yet. I want to get, this is quite nerdy, but I want to get like cat sexy networking around the entire house so that I don't have to rely on Wi-Fi. Mm. 
very I've got important. cat running through the cavities and everything to all the rooms. That took so me a while to pass what you just said then. I heard cat sick. <laughs> yeah, I want cat sick around the all entire around house. house. So where's this going? Is that, does, <laughs> it, does it attract something or repel something? Yeah, yeah, no, disgusting. no, networking, Sorry. networking. But yeah. That's all I can really think of, to be honest. Anyway, let's go on with the good stuff. So we're going to chat for your th three different things. Um, and I'm going to sort of frame it by asking you questions from our Sea of Thieves community. Ooh. So the first question we have is from Galactic Geek. And he asks, or they ask, what new features can we expect to see in the coming months since season seven was delayed? How will this affect the road ahead? That's a great question. Like, if I give my perspective, I imagine you can hit the other side of it, yep. which is the, the reality part. <laughs> I don't deal in reality. Um, but I think, as, as we've said like, like several times, or I feel like I've said this several times, and it, I think it'll be clear to our core community that captaincy in Sea of Thieves has always made sense. It's something we've always wanted to bring to the game extending your pirate journey, delivering that pirate fantasy of being a captain of your own ship, that being an extension of who you are in the world of Sea of Thieves. So it's something that we've always wanted to do, going right back before our initial launch. Now we're a few years in, fair few years into this live service. The idea of bringing captain into Sea of Thieves, we wanted to go even further there, even our ambitious plans that we had at the start in terms of bringing in new progression kind of concept into it, the trinket system, all the little fun things of the rotating the trinket when it gets knocked off um, because of the, the storms or taking damage, um, the alignment system. So, like, the scope of captaincy in our minds kind of grew as we as we started planning out in preparation for season seven, I think as a result of that, it interacts with a lot of foundational systems in Sea of Thieves, and like with any release, but Captaincy most especially, the complexity of that release really started to emerge the more that we developed it. So, essentially, there were a lot of unforeseen issues, even though we put a lot of time into scoping and, and investigating the work that we're going to do, there's a lot of unforeseen issues with captaincy specifically. So what that meant was, as we were getting close to release, we were reviewing, I guess, the overall offering for captaincy. And do we trim our aspirations mm. for, um, for what that feature set could be and hit our original date that we had for season seven? Or do we look to move that date out and land the feature set that we wanted? So essentially the result of diving below the surface, finding these unforeseen issues, is that we needed to move captaincy further out. And even if you want to give your perspective on that, Drew. Yeah, I think I think with large feature set releases like Seasons, there's always challenges that come out during production. Um, and that was certainly the case for captaincy. We were in, I think we were in May time where we were at a place where we were looking to be closing down and getting into a predictable state for delivery for captaincy. And there were a number of technical challenges, like you say, around the, the delivery of captaincy. Mm -hmm. um, and like you say, we kind of step through a process and a priority setting um, when we identify challenges across the team because they are common things that we just have to go work through. And the first bit is around that, is this just 
a growing feature set and the, the approach is just to optimize the way that we're working, prioritize the right areas, make, make sure the team aren't blocked on things and just try and optimize the thing that we're doing and continue on track. Or do when we've done those kind of steps, do we move to that second level? And it's going, is there an opportunity to trim the feature set and change the, the set of features that we want to go and deliver versus the impact of shifting the date? And I think in, in some scenarios, we can make a much clearer definition of we need to go and hit this date for a targeted reason and therefore the feature set has to shift. Um, but in this scenario, we'd, we'd got a beat in E3 around June um, and we knew that we wanted to go and deliver captaincy at the feature set and the quality bar that we wanted to try and land. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, a set of steps that we went through of yeah. scoping, um, optimizing, and then we're in a scenario where we're going to have the difficult conversation, which is we'd moved from June at that point to late June, and we're in a conversation of going, we we need to go and hit captaincy with this rounded feature set that we're all happy with and we're all passionate about. Um, but that did result in us having to make the difficult decision to say, right, captaincy is going to have to move to the start of August and season yeah. seven shifts as Which part. is never taken lightly. I mean, that was no. quite... That was a series of conversations because I guess it affects what came before and what comes after. So I think the, the knock-on effect of that was that season six where we launched the Pirate Legend Voyage and the Sea Fort. Mm -hmm. Season six became uncomfortably long, I think, for us and for many of our players. So we had that in mind as well. And then, of course, because we're moving the date for Captaincy back to land the feature set that we want to land, it then has repercussions as we look to the rest of the year, right? Yeah. And we were kind of in that scenario then where you're, you're, you've had an incredibly long season six. Yep. We're looking at season seven and the, um, the next plan, season eight, was sitting in that September window. And we, we ran through a couple of options as a team to mm -hmm. go, what, what could we do? Are we happy with an incredibly short season seven and then try and get back into our rhythm from September onwards? Yeah. And we looked at our various options and I think all of the options that tried to continue to deliver the same number of seasons and get back to rhythm as fast as possible, they applied pressure to the development team that were working in really quick succession to deliver seasons. Um, and that would have ultimately impacted the feature set that we could have delivered in those seasons and the quality bar that we wanted to strike for. So instead we made the decision to shift the remaining beats in our roadmap. So that means that our season eight target is now gonna be in November. So we've shifted, we've shifted um, from our original plan um, but that change now, when we target season eight in November, means that we can get back to our regular seasonal cadence. So then season nine will be in March. We can get back to our the seasonal cadence that we try, kind of want to be on. Yeah. And season eight is equally complex, mm -hmm. I would say, compared to captaincy in terms of what it touches in the game and how it gives you a, a new way to play. So, it's yeah, I, th I, think, I think in all of this, delaying a release at any point is always unfortunate as... as as we've kind of talked about, right, the knock-on effect to all of their plans. But I think we don't want to curtail their ambitions in terms of how, how complex their releases can be. Things where we're building new mechanics, you know, like season five where we've got fireworks and we had buried treasure and we had that kind of smorgasbord of new content. That is, that's complex in and of itself, but because it's not bringing in new UI functionality, it's not touching services in an extensive way, um, it is easier to kind of forecast and scope, whereas it's something like Captaincy and Season 8, they're really touching the foundational systems of the game. And I think that's where we often find complexity comes in, because a lot of that was kind of laid down right at the start of the game and we're going back to some of those core systems, um, which 
even with what has happened with captaincy, we're still going to continue to do. Um, and of course, will we try and get better with, better with kind of forecasting and trying to predict that we're going to r run into issues? But you know, never say never. These this is just the complexities of making a complex game. But I think so. I think that's kind of part of the process around this, right, is whenever issues like this occur, the first thing is like, understand them, understand the impact, look at the options, what what should we do, what's going to be best for the for the players, for the game, what's going to be also best for our team and that kind of, that, that balance we always have. Um, but then, once you've made that decision, you've moved, you've kind of gone and shipped uh, ship captaincy, um, it's then you're kind of, you take that time to sit there and you really try and learn, don't you, from kind of, okay, how could, you know, yeah. what could we have learned, when could, would, could, could we have identified things earlier, how could we have mitigated risks? And that's what we go and apply to future planning, right? So it's always that, that's the key thing, I think, is whenever something like this happens, it's always about how do you learn, how do you improve? Yeah, um, yeah. And that could be a multitude of things, that could be we need to design future seasons earlier so we can scope them and dig into details. It could be, you know, the team size that we put on them. It's just it's just multifaceted. But like, as always, lessons have been learned. Um, <laughs> but all in all, um, even even with the, the delay, happy with how captaincy has landed. It's so great to finally have it in Sea of Thieves. And even even after the there's a dog, there's a dog by the way. If you can <laughs> if you can hear things being knocked around, it's a tail. It's exciting. <laughs> um I think I think you know so happy to get captaincy out there. I mean there were, you know, admittedly a few issues following release that you know we wanted to get on top of. Um but just so happy we've got captain to know and it is a really interesting foundation that you'll see us build upon in the future yeah. and obviously you know planning and development takes such a long time if we cast our mind back to when we last showed a roadmap which was back in the sea of thieves preview event in january yeah um think about what else we actually announced there we announced adventures mysteries as well as what we were planning to do with seasons so even though this is maybe not some things haven't gone exactly as we planned, we've still done so much this year as well. Like there's been some incredible things. Like how many adventures have we had now? Well, by the time this goes out, we'll have had eight, eight, eight adventures. Eight adventures, yeah. So some really cool stuff has actually come to the game in the last what ten months. Yeah, there is. And as we look to the the coming months, you know, as we run to Christmas and just beyond this, yeah, both from an adventure perspective. Um, how we're thinking about the next mystery, taking all the learnings from our first one. Uh, and of course, the season eight feature set and how we're thinking about season nine. It's just like, yeah, looking back, really pleased with the feature set we landed with Captaincy, but there's just some, there's some great stuff coming up soon. It's really yeah. exciting. Can we can see a tease a bit for season eight, can't we? Like, yeah. you know. Why not? Like, <laughs> give me the, rip the Band-Aid off, let's yeah. do it. Band-Aid, is that American? Give me a bit. Band-Aid, yeah. 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 so, Rip the Band-Aid yeah. off. It's okay. <laughs> British Exclusive studio, we say that. Well, American yeah, I guess audience. so, North American audience. Um, <laughs> Plaster. What, what haven't I teased with season eight? Yeah. Well, I think, like, some of the stuff we were chatting about at uh, EGX recently, but, like, so, some of the insider feedback's been incredible, hasn't it? I remember when we mm. first, when, when um, Andy first posted the kind of, this is what's yeah. going to be in season eight, it's and awesome. the, <clears throat> was, like, Fantastic. super positive, right, in terms of the comments and, and feedback and, and things, but... But you know some of the environment work, some of the rewards you get for for for, for taking part in the oh, kind yeah. of main gameplay yeah. of, of season eight is incredible, um, and 
some of the feedback as well has been super helpful from insiders, right? In terms of really helping refine that experience yeah. and making sure that like, any kind of gotchas or um, any, any ways that people might kind of exploit it have really kind of surfaced. Definitely, in, and the in team the, even before even before insiders, you're absolutely right. The insider feedback has been invaluable and you know made quite significant changes mm. based on that feedback. But even beforehand, the conversation that we had with their partners was mm. incredibly valuable in terms of what the feature set is. So. I mean, I've teased this before. I'm going to go. All, I'm going to go all in there. So let's just peer back the veneer of what was on the SOT roadmap for this year, and like let's specifically talk about what it is. So season eight is about bringing in a new way of play focused on PvP. So season eight is all about PvP, um, but crucially, doing it in a way that's got that that immersion and that Sea of Thieves feel. So enhances our world building, continues the storytelling, um, but bringing in something that our players have wanted in a very specific way, but done in adventure. So very exciting. Um, we're all buzzing about it. And there's some... As, the best as you, set of rewards that best, we've, we've best, had, yeah, like, for me. In, like, an yeah. incredible set of customization that we're adding with this as well, and some fantastic environment work. Some of my favourite, yeah, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. fa most favourite environments we've, we've done, really, since, since A Pirate's Life, and arguably some of that stuff is even stronger. So mm -hmm. very excited. There we go. Is that a tease? That was a tease and a half. That was a tease and a half. We're not really a tease. We're just telling people. I think yeah. as well, it, it helps to address one of the big areas of feedback out of season seven that we have yeah. struggled yeah. to acknowledge mm -hmm. around ways of play and rewarding those ways of play through milestones. So that's a brilliant tip, Drew. So I think yeah, how um, you build on. I, I, I mean, some of the feedback we got from our insiders, and I want to say absolutely rightfully, was you've got all of these alignments in the game, but none of them relate to a core pillar of Sea of Thieves, which is fighting people and PvP and ship battles. Why, why are there no PvP rewards? And that was done very deliberately because knowing what the Season 8 feature set is, um, we will be expanding those alignments. You know, talking about building on captaincy, we're going to be doing that immediately with Season 8 with a feature set that we're bringing in. So it's great. Can't wait to see the reception. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Talk more about it. I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got another question from the community here. Um, it's actually tied to captaincy um, and what we brought in there with trinkets and trophies. Mm. So Tamas asks, um, are there any plans to introduce uh, trinkets and trophies for other commendations outside of what's there already? So maybe showcasing old events like the Hunger and Deep or Curse Sales, anything like that? First, oh, hello, Tamas. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, a few people have asked that, actually, and, and, and I, I totally understand it, and especially when, when we're talking about your ship being a reflection of the things that you've done. I think, we, as players will know, as part of that milestone system with the alignments, we had to go back to a lot of older gameplay and add stats so we could track them effectively. So I understand that for some players, it kind of feels like they're starting fresh. Um, so can we, can we almost show some of the things you've done in the past? We genuinely don't have any specific plans, but... It would be lovely to go back to some of those major moments in Sea of Thieves history and just allow players to visually represent them on the ship. So we, do, we don't have any specific plans, but um, I, I'd, love, I'd love for us to get around to it. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Okay, it's just time and money, isn't it? That's all. Let's go and spend that and uh, we can do more stuff. You can. You, yeah, can. you can do anything you want. With, anything uh, you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have another question. It's all about the heart. Mm -hmm. It's all about the heart, actually. Mm -hmm. Time, money, and heart. We've got the heart. <laughs> That's true. Needs the, heart. the heart is like that. I didn't even need to mention you, that. Well, well, it's a given, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, just, we just, uh, just don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try and find time. 
Um, we have another question. If you cast your, your minds back to season one, Ooh. wow, <laughs> there was a particular um, reward within the season there, the legendary curse. Ooh. And uh, Ghoultide asks, mm. are we ever going to bring that legendary curse back? I guess so, they missed it in season one. Well, yeah. And I feel really bad for them because <laughs> that was a that was a, an interesting choice that we made deliberately to you know really launch the seasons in style and, and air players have wanted that ever since they saw the mysterious stranger mm. right with a with a kind of spectral eyes. So part of making that decision was having a plan in their minds for how we were going to bring it back to the game. Um, so it it's a question of time. Not heart. It's a question of time, but it, it, it will come back. And I think, there's, there's, honestly, I'm sure for a, for a community, there's loads of, beyond that, there's loads of little examples from things that have been released in the season that they'd love to get their hands on it because they've missed them. But I think that one is right at the top because of what it means to pirate legend play, what it means to our world. So it will come back, just can't confirm when. Okay, Doc. I feel like I've been asking you a lot of questions, Mike. And they're all kind of aimed at you, but I'm going to ask Joe this one then and see what he says. I hope it's a really kind of deep meta question. Yeah, about the yeah. Question. Well, it's, it's gonna be... I, I'm, I'm going to answer it regardless. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I really just like, gonna I'm just going to make up whatever. <laughs> please, like, is, please, please do. But do well, it in a really authentic and convincing way because that's what I do as an EP. It's not. It's not. Too, <laughs> do you know? Do you know? You could literally answer anything to this because it is. It's open. Like so, uh, Clarence Dube asks. <laughs> I love the way you pronounce yeah. all, their, all, all their names, by the way. Like, yeah, it's great. Is there any plans for the second floor in the tavern? We've never been able to get in there. What's going to go on in there, Joe? That is a really good point. Those broken stairs really annoy me. It's almost like we're baiting people to think about what could be up there. What is going to be up there? Who's Joe? to say there isn't already something going up there? Like, That's a good point. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are plans. Almost certain, in fact. Almost certain there are plans. Yeah. There were plans. There were plans in the past, but we we then just that, scrapped. Them. That's well, it. No, no, well, <laughs> not enough. Heart. Just not enough heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, 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 were, there was definitely not enough heart. I don't, I'm sure we've said this on a podcast. Like the original idea for the upstairs in the tavern was you would it would like I wouldn't say maiden voyage, but the original kind of intro to the game. The idea was that you'd. This is kind of goofy now when I say this, but Karaoke like bar. no, yeah, no, but you, the idea that you would start your journey in the Sea of Thieves, you'd wake up upstairs in the tavern uh, and the pirate lord would be there and he'd welcome you to the sea of thieves the and bed, yeah, yeah. They'd, they'd that's be, how i wake up every day <laughs> there'd be a ship's wheel it's in like there sleep paralysis demon but it's what, the pirate, pirate lord, lord. Yeah. Pirate lord. <laughs> sitting on your feet, <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah. the pirate lord is Just a sleep, soothing tone yeah, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> a swilly paralysis demon. Just roll that. That's yeah. a player title, isn't it? You've unlocked sleep paralysis demon. Title unlocked. Um, that was great. Mm -hmm. That was really great. Yeah, um, you, you were starting to get into the romantic. Yeah, I, know. I was. I was. <laughs> sleep paralysis. Yeah, so this, the sleep paralysis demon would wake you up from your peaceful slumber. Terrifying. No, the, and it. It was too clever for its own good, but the idea that, you know, you'd rotate... It's a tavern, right? So it's all mm. nautical theme. You'd rotate the ship's wheel and it would open the curtains. And it's, it was all very silly. So we actually built a whole island instead and made the maiden voyage. There you go. Yeah, it's probably the bright choice. Yeah. We do have another question. This one is a bit more lore-focused. <clears throat> it's oh, Cap right. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Valor Omega asks... Yes, recognise um, that. With the Heart of Fire novel now out and the climax of an adventure story arc, 
Will we be seeing good old Stitcher Jim again? Now, bear in mind, the date that this podcast will go out, we will. Won't yeah. we? I'll move on then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't um, even need to laugh in inside. He's, he's been out there the whole time. You've seen it now. And he's, he's, he's going to play, as the herald of the flame, he's going to play an important role in the adventures to come. Yeah, where may Pivotal. A pivotal, pivotal role. A pivotal role. So, yes, a shiny ray. Is that right? Yes, a shiny ray. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> was this the question of the day? <laughs> <laughs> a shiny ray. Yeah. I know a shiny ray. Good. Right. Uh, no. So adventures. Yeah. Um, adventures are great for progressing the story. Yeah. Changing the world of Sea of Thieves. Mm. But what about tall tales? We ever getting one of them again? Something that stays around. What about tall tales? It's a good question. It's a good question. Well, I think. The episodic rollout of adventures obviously gives us quite a lot. So that sense that the world is always moving forwards and allows us to continue not only the Flameheart story, as players will see now, we stitch a gym back in, back out there, but also the story of the Ancients, the story of the Dark Brethren. So we feel really good about that rollout of our storytelling. But that's not to say that we won't ever do Tall Tales again. It's really about what's right for the story and you know, what makes the most sense in terms of delivering it. So no specific plans, but never say never. I mean, adventures uh, were never really designed to replace Tall Tales. Mm. They were there to give players that monthly, you know, exciting experience to come back, get a new dose of their storytelling, but that doesn't mean that they replace Tall Tales. So if we find the right opportunity, the right story, never say never. And just to focus more on changing the world of Sea of Thieves, where do you see adventures sort of role in that? Because obviously we've had a few where we've gone to the Sea of the Dam, we've done, we've gone to places, but it's been a while since we've actually changed the world of the Sea of Thieves. Mm. Anything you can say about what's coming in the future? Well, wait a month, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe you'll learn more. But yeah, we, we, we we've teased this before, but we're we're building up to quite a pivotal choice soon. That'll, I mean, gold, Golden Sands. Players will see the the outcome of that very shortly, um, but this one this one is is a is a real gut wrenching choice I think for our players um, involving some major characters. So I won't even say I'm excited. I'm it's, uh, the trepidation around it. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's going to be fascinating. But yeah, there's a big one coming. Yeah. And we've learned a lot from the previous one as well in terms of the mechanics of this adventure, right? We've talked about that a little bit maybe before, but um, without spoiling it, again, we've learned kind of yep. what we're giving people to do and stuff, and I think it's going to be really exciting the way that this adventure is going to play out. Yeah, no, no that, that's a really good point. I think with, with Lost Sands, um, you know, we felt great about the what the choice represented in our story, but I think it was quite lopsided in terms of how players saw the gameplay offering for kind of the two sides. For this next choice, we really want to bring, get some really strong gameplay, um, but really bring those two sides together more directly rather than, you know, I want to do that side because the story feels more interesting. The gameplay needs to be equally as compelling. So that's where we put a lot of our focus with the next one. Nice. So one of the other things that's happened uh, since we were last on a podcast is that our first mystery, Who mm. Killed the Marco? Has come to an end. We have, we have, we found out who did kill Demarco. Are we spoiling? Are we? Who did kill Demarco? Oh, oh, Drew. Sorry, you know. You must know. You little data miner, you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how how what was the reaction to mysteries, and how did you feel about how that first mystery went? It's a real mix. I think in terms of the the storytelling, the music boxes, 
right from the start pointing towards the eventual you know conclusion with with the the person who did kill DeMarco and being very careful um <laughs> feel feel really good about the storytelling I think the way we delivered it I think we've taken a lot from that I think firstly it just played out over too long and I think it, it as a result things got stretched out very hard to keep people engaged and you know actively involved with it over that time I, I do think another big one is the well, firstly, we wanted this really nice interplay between your in-game experience and almost getting another window into the Sea of Thieves world outside of the core experience. And I think we didn't quite get that balance right. Um, and then alongside that, I think too much time-gating of our players rather than like you'd expect if you went to go and do an escape room, all the, all the information you need is right there at your disposal, right from the start. And then working together as part of that community, you're able to decipher and work through these multi-layers of puzzles. And I think we weren't able to do that just by the nature of, I guess, this idea of taking people on this longer journey, where I think now when we think about Mystery 2, we want to play, play out in a much denser way. Um, and get that balance between your in-game experience, which needs to feel super satisfying, with much more compelling multi-layered puzzles outside of the game. And, I mean, absolutely want to acknowledge it, but I think the amount of just the, the real kind of on-the-surface social engagement with their posts, I mean, that, that, was, that was intended to be quite playful. Um, but definitely saw the response and the sentiment to that. And I think the way it was perceived is not really what we intended. Um, so I totally empathise with people's feelings about that. So we, we just want to make sure that the out-of-game experience really feels like you're still part of the Sea of Thieves world and it's not immersion-breaking. And it's just another window into that story, even when you're not playing. Um, and then lastly, I think because of that balance between in-game, out-of-game, and just the sheer time it played out over, I think it's quite hard for fans to follow along. So even if they were really engaged at the start, I think it was quite easy to lose that thread. I think Mystery 2 playing out over a short time frame will really help. Um, but again, just that getting the difficulty right where, you know, it feels, you know, generally quite challenging for a solo person but the community really feel like they can work together and feel that sense of the the hive mind chipping away at all these problems so as you can see we learned, learned quite a lot um you know still see it as a, a really fascinating area of sea of thieves and the chance to deliver story in a new way and new puzzles outside of the core game um but yeah we've taken a lot from mystery one and all that's being rolled directly into the next one yeah very exciting and i think we were pretty kind of acknowledging that at the start I think was that mysteries because they are so new and are so different it's the thing we're going to yeah. learn the most from right we always yeah. kind of went into it with that and I think that's something that's always worth remembering but um, and and just to jump to jump in and chip kind of chip in a bit more on yours I think you know talking about it in that more kind of condensed period of mm -hmm. time that thing I think we you know we all know, almost want to find a window where it's the focus right yes. like you know yeah. outside of adventure outside of the season and stuff it's like it's got its own window it's got its own area where that's what everyone's going to be discussing yeah. and focusing and kind of you know going around as opposed to it fitting in around everything else and yeah. having to really kind of concentrate to stay kind of connected to it and be like is this related to this or is that related to the thing that's coming here it's like so I, I think that's kind of the, the one of the yeah. other key things right? that's a really good point I mean the, the, what 
what was really interesting was the reception to Lost Sands and the idea of picking a side. And I mm. think that that really became the focal point for our community. But the mystery was still ongoing at the time. Yeah. So that really distracted, as you'd expect, because there was yeah. this exciting thing happening over here. I think we... It kind of makes so much sense now looking back, but I think that really took some of the energy out of the mystery. So giving it, you know, time of focus, giving it that time in the spotlight is, is the way we're thinking about the next one. Yep. And I think that really helps us when we think about where it lands in the roadmap. Like we're trying to take all of those lessons on board, build out a design that can capture a period of time and be the focus. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've got a plan of the seasons and adventures towards the end of the year, like we've talked about our roadmap. Um, but yeah, our goal is to try and deliver that next mystery um, early next year and carve out some real focus time for players to go and get invested in it. Amazing. One other thing I wanted to chat to you about was, we mentioned it very briefly at the beginning, but um, you went to EGX recently. Mm, now, great. our first kind of big event of the year that had been for like the last two years uh, while everyone was in lockdown was Gamescom. But So what was it like being at EGX again, meeting more fans, interacting with them, feeling their passion and etc.? That's what I was kind of referring to at the start. It feels like we've I feel like I've been spoilt recently. We've gone from a couple of years of not really having the opportunity to see if these first games come and EGX. Mm -hmm. um, just, I mean, similar to how we've shared, just absolutely always, a, well, always a mind-blowing experience. I mean, doing the, we did the panel at EGX, which was great to chat about thing. We had Chris String hosting it, asking some interesting questions. Um, but it really feels like the the best bit of a show like that is the interaction with the fans beforehand, but always afterwards, when everyone kind of leaves at the same time. And you get to see familiar faces, meet people for the new time, first time, kind of hear their thoughts on what Sea of Thieves means to them, which is like no matter how many times you hear those personal stories, it never really truly sinks in. And it's, it feels so fresh each time as, as you meet people individually and how they respond to the game. But... I know this moment just sticks in my mind. From the, I, we'd, we'd been there around five minutes and mm -hmm. we were walking around and kind of looking at people queuing up to go into the yeah. panel and going, oh, it's so-and-so. All these people that we saw, we met at Sea of Thieves Festival, we'd, we'd also met at Gamescom. But um, seeing, um, it was Eli Eli, yep. the, the splash tail, that, 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 that gentleman, kind of seeing him in the queue and going over there and it just being this quick kind of, hello, good, great to see you again. And then straight away he had his phone with, <laughs> with about 20 law questions just primed <laughs> like, we've arrived, let's go. Straight into just these awesome questions. And it, it just blows your mind into terms, I mean, it's definitely Eli's questions, like how deep they were diving into things we've said in the past or something spotted in a trailer. And that is the most rewarding part of it, is that there's fans out there that spend so much time thinking about the things we've shared and how things could possibly connect. And that is just mm. so rewarding for us, like as creators on the game, in terms of people care and they pay attention to all of this stuff. So that that was that was a kind of an encounter that really stuck in my mind when we first got there. And then afterwards, just spending time with people and just yes. catching up with people after after games come, after having seen them a couple of weeks ago, it was, it was great. I was yeah. going to say, I don't think I've seen anything from the panel, but I've just seen lots of photos of you pair in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was filmed, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah no, so the panel, the panel has been filmed. Um, so the, the EJX folks filmed it. I think they're going to send it across and we're going to see if we can distribute that on our channels. So, um, yeah, so we should be able to kind of uh, get that out there. And it was, it was, well, you know, thankfully for the people that were queuing and then couldn't get in, because it was like literally the queue was oh, yeah. so long. They, yeah. they had to stop it when the, when the venue got completely full and they were like... 
hundreds of people literally that didn't get in. So you know, apologies to those that that, that turned up and, and couldn't make it. And hopefully, you got a chance to to chat to chat to some of us or either before or after. But um, uh, yeah, it was it was in, just incredible again, just that energy of our community, right? And the um, the positivity and the support yeah. for each other and the inclusivity. And I think, like I know you you, you joke about us kind of be, being in the at the bar at the end, but. There's just there's so many good people in the Sea of Thieves community, right? There and is. like there, there is. And it's so for me it's so heartwarming to see, you know, whether it's different streamers or different communities that have kind of come together and made friends as well that maybe started off as smaller little bubbles and things, but but over like over time you just see more and more of these friendships forming and yeah. these just wonderful kind of relationships and stuff. And it's it's just it's it's incredible. Like like, you know, when we go to shows like this, of course people will have questions and have law questions and things, but the Everybody is just so positive about Sea of Thieves and what it means to yeah. them and everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, all of those questions come with wonderful intent and just wonderful mm -hmm. interest and passion and heart, right? Like, yes. that's where yeah. Definitely the questions come from the heart. But, um, but it's such a joyous experience to just go to these shows and meet with these, with these folks. Like, it's like, and to, to think that that's, that's come from a game that we've all worked on, right? And yeah. like, has brought these people together and given them this passion and stuff that, that, that we share so strongly. And um, honestly, it, mean, it means the world, right? It really does. Yeah. Um, and I, I just was kind of reflecting on that because, because um, honestly, just sitting outside the pub with like fifty people or something, and just seeing how they're all getting on together and how good they are with each other and things, and they've all yeah. come from different communities and different places. Yeah, you're right. It's actually, amazing. whether people that started playing CFEs in the arena or they're into tall tales or they're into you know, some people like I'm all about fishing in CFEs, like the different aspects of the game. And you're right, people just coming together and just being one community yeah. for the day. It's it's. It is incredible. Yeah, honestly, it's like it's like nothing. Nothing beats that in-person sort of experience. Like, and I think we've missed it so much the last couple of years, right? And um, to yeah, to just it's, it's always a privilege to have someone tell you their story and tell mm -hmm. you what it means to it them and, and why it means this to them and you know the, the kind of where they came from and where, where they how they discovered Sea of Thieves and and how it's impacted their life. Like some some of the stories we hear are just like mind blowing, right? And um, and I think it's like we've said before, like we take people to shows like this. Where whether it's EGX or it's Gamescom, like um, E3, wherever. Like we we spend a not inconsiderable amount of money um, and time and heart, um, <laughs> but um, going going to but going to these shows because the energy you get that you then bring back to uh -huh. your you know just to your to, to your work to your life to kind of yeah. like the, the the continued investment into Sea of Thieves is like nothing else. It's kind of an inquantifiable. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, and it's like just again, you just get reminded of it. So it's um. I think they're going to announce the date for Sotfest next year soon oh, as well. I think I've seen some tweets about that. It's um, That's can't wait. Exciting! I'll be I'll be like in the in <laughs> the know, queue refreshing, right? Like you've got to get in. It'll be fascinating though, to see again how much how much that grows as a result of the buzz and stuff from last year. So, so obviously, um, like yeah, you know, like you say, meeting these fans and seeing their passion and like and it's invigorating and all that sort of stuff. I'm curious as well to get your sort of reflections on the fact that we're coming up to a pretty big milestone next year as well, which is that the game will have been out live in players' hands for five years. Say it again, John. <laughs> Say it. Five years. I just feel a bit old. If I'm <laughs> how, does, how does that feel? Like, knowing, like, imagine, put yourself back to Mike and Joe pre-launch of Sea of Thieves. And now think about what you know, how you like you say those stories of meeting fans and getting that energy from them five years later. How does that feel? 
Yeah. Well, we've, we've all been, like, how, how long have you been at Rare now? Like, yeah, over five years. Over five years old, yeah. So you yeah. were pre-launch, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's I like... just had some horrible PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> then. Just, remember that time. Yeah. Remember the scale test. Yeah. Yeah. It comes up quite a lot, though, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Like, something amazing will happen. Like, 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 we're building a particular feature or Sea of Thieves Fest happens or we'll be at a show and, you know, someone's got a new Sea of Thieves tattoo and there's always this kind of conversation around, can you imagine if someone said this to mm-hmm. us five years ago? Like, how... It's mind-blowing in the moment, but I think back then, you can't... I don't think we'd be able to comprehend it. <laughs> so it's kind of good that the game has kind of grown, like, steadily each year because I, I just... It's hard to take in oftentimes now in terms of the scale of the game and the impact it's had with people. That's not to say the game is perfect. We've still got a lot of work to do in yeah. how we want to expand the game and you know fix some of those core issues that mean a lot to the community and to us. Um, but ugh, it just, you just can't put it into words. It's it is the. I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you. It's like, it's a it's like a dream fulfilled in many ways. If someone had. had told me before I started working at Rare that I'd work on a game like Sea of Thieves and see the impact that it's had. I, I, would, I wouldn't believe you for a second. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, amazing. It's, it's interesting. I think a lot of the time it's those individual stories that people come and tell you and mm. share with you and mm-hmm. stuff, right? And, you know, like, I don't want to go and go and share some of the things that, that, that people tell me now in terms of the examples and stuff, but but just the impact it's had on people's lives or in, on, you know, the mental well-being and um, just you know kind of getting them into a better place in their in in their, in their life and stuff like we've we've heard you know so many stories yeah. like that and you know in and amongst the the millions of people that have played this it's those those kind of stories the ones that really sit with you and kind of just like really stand out as memorable moments and things and things that really take you that those are where you take the time to sort of almost just process it a bit and, and stuff because you know it's it's incredible right that we've you know we've all got to work on this game right across like the, the hundreds of people that have yeah. worked on um on, on this game everyone here that's, that's been a part of contributing to that and, and everyone in the team past and, and present um mm-hmm. and future um who are going <laughs> to be working on it but um have all had a chance to contribute to that and um you know have all played their part equally and it's it's had such a positive effect on on so many people. I think that's I think that's awesome. I think um, that resonates with me as well. Mm. Like I, 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 my hobby was more MMO focused when I was younger, and that, those were great gameplay worlds where you could create friendships that I've still got friends today that I that I met completely online, and some people that I've never really met. Mm-hmm. But we, we're friends, and you've kind of formed that bond in a digital world. But like to think that I was playing those games as a kid and forming friendships that last a lifetime. To think that you could create a world and a, and a culture and a community that enables other people to then go and do that. We've seen people that have got married or have fallen in love and have met friends within the Sea of Thieves world. Like that to me is kind of just a mind-blowing scenario that you've, ta- you've created a space for people to go and have those stories together. And when you hear those, it, ju- it just warms your heart. You're like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. I think every, every individual story is, is their own. I think it's unique to them. But the, I think, for me at least, I'm sure it's the same for, 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 for all of you as well, um, it, you can empathise to an extent with them, no, no matter what their individual story has been. Because I think... It fought, almost five years since launch, but obviously the years before that of prototyping the game, trying to build out a core experience, get it to launch. Like sea, sea of Thieves has been the constant in our lives in the way it's been a constant in their lives. So, of course, we would draw strength from Sea of Thieves because it's been such a big part of our careers and personal lives and heart time, all of that. So I think when we're at EGX, when we're at shows, it's the... 
it, it feels like we're just sharing in the love for the game together. Mm. And it just feels like you're meeting a bunch of friends um, with the same likes and passions as you. And I think that's the best part of it. Yeah. yeah. And you've created this space where all the people have all these experiences, have the able to have these moments that you're talking about. And the great thing is there is no shortage of ideas to continue to expand that space, to give them more moments in the future as well. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is just the beginning. It's just, just <laughs> golden age is still to come. Um, we said we we said this at the panel, and it obviously believe it to my core, which is, I think I often come to the realization. This is this is I think I described it as like it's equally exciting and terrifying. Is that the realization that the game will never be done because we'll never run out of ideas. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and hopefully we continue in the way we have with a thriving community and, and keep building out this experience because, yeah, on and on we go. Yeah, And it's, it's it's an interesting thing as well. We talked about this a bit at EGX, now we're going off on massive tangents here, <laughs> but tangents are fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but the responsibility of like running Sea of Thieves as an ongoing service and, a, and as a business, right? Like it is a business, we're part of, you know, we're part of Microsoft, we're part of Xbox, and, and so we have to have, like, we have to have an eye on running it as a responsible business. But we want to be responsible and almost just keep people from like worrying about it. But, yes. but that's, but all of that is really in service of being able to do all the things that we want. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's not, but it is like, it's like there's lots of different businesses, lots of different business models and, and business goals and stuff. But it's not like there's people hammering on the door going like, you know, make this more profitable and get more money and stuff. It's no, more just that. No. It's so it's actually just about like, let's maintain it and, and keep it healthy and keep it sensible. But like, that's only one bit of the kind of the, the business of focus. And actually it's about, we want to be going and doing cool new things. We want to be fixing the kind of big hot topics. We want to be trying and experimenting with new ways and, and, and doing that in a way that people are going to continue to fall in love with Sea of Thieves and, um, you know, and solve, solve issues in the game that will help more people fall in love mm -hmm. with and stuff, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the business part is all a bit in service of that. And it's it like, is. it's just an interesting kind of, um, it's an interesting challenge and, and thing as we go forward. But, but I like that that's just kind of the mentality, right? Like, yeah. it's, all, it's all about that. It's all about trying to do as many of the things that we want that are going to make this world and experience better for, 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 for which, our which players. Is, which right? is the privileged position, yeah. right? And I think what's testament to that is when... As the game has got bigger over those almost five years, mm. each year's got bigger. We haven't stayed. We've kind of overreached, reached mm. even further, grown the team, tried to be more ambitious. You know, you know, most recently with you know adding adventures, mysteries on top of our seasons, and you know, partnerships. You know, like a pirate's life. Like we've, I think we've we haven't thought about that, and I think it's a testament to the fact that we we've, we've just kept reaching and tried to. Make the most of the opportunity we have, and mm -hmm. hope long may it continue. Hopefully, it will. Awesome. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. So, thank you very much for listening. If you were listening and watching, if you were watching, um, we will see you on the next one, and see you on the seas. Bye bye now. <laughs>